0: It is great to uh, see you this morning. Hey, um, I should have said this in other services and I forgot, but I want to share this with you guys. Um, Our access prayer times, are uh, we're calling it One Voice right now because we are praying uh, one specific prayer. And so those are extremely powerful. We're praying not only for the campaign, and those are taking place, again, in Adrian at 6 o'clock this evening and Wednesdays here at 7 o'clock. But within those uh, prayer times... We are literally praying for all of you, every single person that's on our—it's in our database. We have taken names and cut them up. Not—not not, we haven't given out information, uh, but just the names. And so um, last week we we have or the, yeah this past week we we've, we've been praying for purity within our church. And I just want to say this: I came, you know, we were praying, uh, and I came I came out of that prayer time, and I'm thinking there's going to be some restless people within our church. Because we're actually praying Scripture into your lives, um, and so it's a very powerful time. Uh, if you, uh, it, it's something that if you, you ought to mark on your on your calendars and come, uh, because that's that's what we're doing right now. Like, like I said last week, we're pr- praying for purity within uh, our people. You know, your your guys' lives. This week we'll be praying for something else. Uh, but we are. It's not. Uh, it's taking literal Scripture and praying that into uh, people's lives. So I guess what I'm saying here is, and I'm not apologizing, I'm just saying, if you feel restless, um, remember, you're being prayed for, and so uh, God's going to move. Uh, we're, praying, we're not praying our will, we're praying His will, what He says in the Scripture, and so um, you can't text us and tell us to stop either, so uh, I just want to let you know that. Um, that's how much we care about our people here at Element and, and the ministry that God has uh, for this church, so... I'm kind of just giving you a heads up and then also to just to, to invite you to come and pray with us. We're in a series called Shocking Statements of Jesus. And I, I just want to thank each of you for continuing to come. Uh, and we're going to continue this until October 16th, which will then kick off our uh, campaign, The Me, I Want to Be. Uh, but within this particular series uh, that we're doing right now, I think it, I find it very challenging, the statements, uh, these shocking statements that Jesus made. And, and um, today we're going to look at yet another one. And so with that, I need to invite you uh, to participate with me in this. So if you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and if you did not bring one with you, you need to lean forward and grab one out of the back of the pew. And we're going to be doing uh, some participation together. So everyone, uh, please grab a Bible and uh, follow along with me. Uh, what I want to do is, in Matthew chapter 6, there's a prayer here uh, called the Lord's Prayer. Often called the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And uh, how many of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Okay. And the reason here's the reason why I'm asking you to open your Bibles and grab the ones out of the back of the pew, because uh, the ones in the pews are NIV. Mine's NIV this week. I don't know about you, but I was uh, raised, uh, I came from the King James era, and then, tra- then uh, kind of graduated into the NIV. And then I use a lot of other translations just in reading and studying and things like that. And when I go to recite a verse uh, many times, I have every single translation uh, that's in my mind, comes out in one verse and confuses not only me, but the person I'm talking to. And so with that, I thought, you know what, we need to be on the same page. Because uh, some of you may have a different translation too. And, and the words are, are different, uh, but uh, uh, that's why I want to invite you with the NIV. Uh, this is, how many have prayed this a lot in their life? You know? uh, how many played sports and you prayed this before a game? Yeah, we did too. I don't know why. For the life of me, I thought about that and I'm like, why did we pray the Lord's Prayer before a game? Because we were going out to crush people and kill people and stuff like that and and uh the the people I played with were definitely not religious people, but anyhow, you know we did so anyhow, uh, this is very familiar to many of us uh, if you if you've been in church for a while, but I want to read this together, so what I'm going to say, I'm wanting to say one, two, three, and then we're going to read it together now when I say I just want to be on the same page with you when I say that we're going to read it together i'm this is this is what I'm assuming that you guys are going to there's going to be noise come out of your like, diaphragm and up through your mouth that's going to... I'm going to be able to hear, right? Like words. Does that make sense? Okay. I, hey, we're not supposed to assume, okay? So anyhow, I want everybody to participate with me. So, you ready? One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Stop. (laughs) Forgive us our debts. In the verse 12 there. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Does anybody catch that? Is that disturbing to anybody? Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Drop down to verse 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Is... Aside from me, does anybody else find that shocking? None of, just a couple of us. Okay, we're going to engage. These others are just going to listen. <laughs> I find that very shocking. Now, some of you may have this all figured out and you're saying... Well, you know, when it says that if you forgive men with their sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their, their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. And you've got it figured out, some, some other theological concept. And you're saying that's not what it really means. Jesus was actually saying this, and it didn't apply to this, that, or the other. I, you know, with me, my intellectual capacity, when I read that, it, it, what it's saying is there is a direct correlation between me forgiving other people in my life on my horizontal relationships, right? There's a direct correlation between that and my, in this, in this relation, vertical relationship that I have with God. Does anybody else have that? Am I weird for assuming this? Huh? Are we in this or not? Are you guys waiting for the refreshment cart to come or what? that's shocking. You're telling me, that, according to this, you're telling me that if I refuse to forgive someone over here, horizontal relationship, these relationships that I have in my world, someone has hurt me, someone has done something wrong to me, someone has stabbed me in the back, someone has done something, it hurt me, they did it to me, by the way, they did it to me, and I am refusing to forgive them, you're telling me that that's going to affect my relationship, the, 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 the forgiveness that I can receive from God? That is shocking to me. That's a shocking statement that Jesus made that I really wish he would have kept his mouth closed and not said. Because that is, that is very tough. That's very tough. Because I want to tell you something, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus. When someone hurts me, they is an incredible struggle to say, I forgive you. I forgive you for what you said. I forgive you for betraying me. I forgive you for stabbing me in the back. I forgive you for saying what you did, what you did, whatever it was, whatever happened. You know, I, I struggle with, I, I'm being real with you, I struggle with that. And then when Jesus says, well, listen, if you withhold your forgiveness from these guys, this, this is, there's a direct correlation here. There's a direct correlation going on. That's a shocking statement to me. And I really wish Jesus wouldn't have said that. I really believe that what he said is what he said. Because when you read throughout the New Testament, it seems to indicate that same thing. How can you receive grace and mercy and forgiveness and blessings from God if you're unwilling to disseminate that into, into other people's lives? That's pretty audacious sounding, isn't it? Let's get down to brass tacks. God, I deserve this. They don't. That's what it sounds like to me. Check out this. I know some of you are on the fence. You're like, I still don't believe you. Matthew 18. um, uh, And since you've got your Bibles open, we're already there. Turn over a few chapters to Matthew 18 and listen to what Peter says. Peter asks a question. He comes to Jesus in Matthew 18, verse 21. And he asks Jesus, he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Is that that good enough, up to seven times? And Jesus starts throwing out this parable, and he says this. Well, first of all, he says this. I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Then he says this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had... Uh, be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison till he could pay the debt when the other pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Does anybody have another translation that admits that and says you don't have to forgive other individuals? Because that's the translation I want to buy. Because that's pretty tough, isn't it? Now, let's be honest. This guy got what what, what was coming to him, right? To be fair, you're like, yeah, that's not fair. He deserves that. But then you look at it and you're like, but wait a second, you know, and you look, you look at the whole thing and it says, you know, if we're unable to forgive or if we're not willing to forgive others, that's how our Heavenly Father is going to uh, treat us. Now, let me ask this question. Let's, let's, let's back up. You are brought in before some of your debtors. By the way, how many of you, well, you don't have to raise your hand. Let me just say this. I have the, these relationships where me and another financial institute kind of own the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And some most of the time, it's usually them owning a little bit more than me of 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 this particular item, even though I get to enjoy it. You know, say like a car. Well, not really enjoy it, but I get to drive it, uh, even though I'm paying on it. Okay. Now I don't know about you guys, but if the if 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 this relationship, if this other party of this relationship would come to me and say, "Gail, I know that you got a you got a few more." Uh, a few more uh, monthly meetings with us, um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're just going to wipe it clean right now, and you just take the vehicles and you just kind of go. I would be absolutely ecstatic. I would do cartwheels, and I can't do cartwheels, but I would, I would make sure I could do a cartwheel. Okay, I would be so happy. Well, how would you feel if someone came to you, those of you that have this type of relationship uh, with, with your house, and they came and said, hey, gone, done. Here's the deed. You take it. Do what you're you're clean. How many of you, what would you feel like if, if, if they took all your credit cards? Some of you may have credit card debts or student loans if you fall in that camp or medical bills that we've racked up over the past that we can't really pay or we're struggling to pay or car repairs. Something happens to our car. So we can't, we don't have the cash to fix it. So, uh, someone, you know, the, the place was gracious to us and we're paying the mat, paying the back or back taxes or whatever it is, whatever you may have within your life. What would you feel like if someone came to you and said all of this wiped clean? All of it, just wiped clean. Every single ounce of debt you have, just I'm I'm paying it off. I'm wiping it clean. I would be so ecstatic. It'd be like starting completely over. And this guy's response is almost the exact opposite. It's almost the exact opposite because what does he do? He goes out after the debt has been absolutely um, has been wiped off his slate. He goes out and he finds a coworker that owes him a little bit of money. Not even, not even remotely close to what he owed and this guy owes him a little bit of money and, the guy, and he demands it to be paid to him and the guy does what? He begs for the same thing that this guy begged for which was what? Patience. Time. Give me more time. I will make it happen. And the guy says, no way. And so he throws him in, 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 into jail. Why? Why? What is the deal? How, what, where's the disconnect? Well, that's what I want to share with you. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this whole concept of forgiveness and how it relates to us and just a few thoughts about how hard, why, it, why it's so hard for us uh, to not forgive, okay? This whole concept of unforgiveness. Uh, like this guy, maybe part of it is he couldn't let it go, just like you and I at different times. Someone has hurt us. Someone has has done something that brought us grief within our lives. You may be seeing here this morning, and the Holy Spirit is bringing names and faces right to you because there is an issue between you and that individual. Because there, there's something happens, something happened where that person hurt you, and this is what we do: we play the scenario over and over and over and over and over again in our minds. The tapes that we have, they're played constantly over and over and over and over again. That hurt we experience becomes almost like a narcotic to us, almost like we're addicted to this thing. And we have to sit down in our minds and just keep replaying it, replaying it, replaying it, replaying it. Now, here's the beauty of it, guys. Let me just share this with you. We humans are very interesting species, right? What we say really hurts and brings us grief and pain in our lives We like to replay it so we can relive it and relive it and relive it, right? Why? That doesn't make sense. This really hurt me, so I want to live through it like over and over and over and over again. That's sadistic. But yet that's what we do. We think... In our minds, we're constantly there's not resolution there, and constantly we're we're, we're asking ourselves, "How could this person do this to me? How could they say that? How could they believe that? Or I, I can't believe they did this. The nerve of them! They owe me big time. They really crossed the line on this one." And so we just keep playing it over, and it's like again, it's intoxicating. It's like it's 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 like we're addicted to this, and we just can't let it go. That's probably one of the reasons why we don't forgive. I don't understand why we do that. I have no clue why in the world we would ever want to do that, but our human behavior almost like automatically gravitates towards that. Another reason is this, and, I, and this is where I want to camp out a little bit, is this, the thinking and the feeling that we're not really forgiven. Just like this and the, this, this guy right here. Maybe deep down he, he still really believed that he had to pay the person back, right? That's the world that we live in. We live in a world where there are no freebies. If someone came and said, I'm going to wipe all your debt away, what would you ask them? What is the catch? Have you ever had the blessed opportunity of getting sucked in by these free magazines? Where you bought something and they're like, hey, you get to sign up for three free magazines. Hey, cool, man, you sign up, I get SI and I'm going to get this, that and the other. And they're free magazines, right? Yeah, until that, that, till that little trial period runs out and then they send you a bill because you just automatically subscribe to their magazine. Nothing is for free, is it? Nothing is for free. And so this whole concept, you know, the, the, the world that we live in, we're very untrusting. And so here's the concept. Forgiveness was given to this guy, but it wasn't received. I wonder how many of us could really fall into that too where forgiveness was, is, is extended and given to us but it's not received and this cycle of unforgiveness kicks into high gear. This, the guy in the story, story didn't see himself as a person forgiven of an insurmountable debt. So he treats everybody else like what? The same way that their debt is insurmountable too. If I don't feel like... We've said this. I don't know. I've said this to you. I don't know how many times from up here. If you, if you can't give something you don't have, if you can't experience God's grace, if you can't receive God's grace and God's mercy that God so lavishly wants to give you, you can't give that to other people. If you're a disgruntled individual, you're going to be a disgruntled individual to, uh, to, to, to everybody around you. I mean, you name it, it doesn't matter what it is. you know. And in this particular situation, it was the same thing probably with this guy. He, he, he viewed himself in a position where there's no way he could be forgiven of an insurmountable debt. So when he looked to other people, he, he viewed them the same way. That's how we do. It's called projecting things onto other people. It's amazing that how that psychological effect that we have. So Jesus is telling us that even though we've been offered forgiveness... We still go around trying to collect from people who have hurt us, and sort of like what we owe, uh, sort of like what they owe us, is a payment for what they've done to us. Now, how do we do that? That is a great question. Let me share with you a couple things. How do we collect? Because we're going to make them pay. We make them pay through our comments. We shoot these little comments across the bow. We make these little statements that have hidden innuendos in them, and what we're doing is. We're throwing something out there and we're not really like, you know, unloading, but we're just throwing a little shot out there to say this. I haven't forgotten. You hurt me. You hurt me and I haven't forgotten. So we make our comments. We give looks. We give these glances. We make eye contact. We give these little glances towards people to say. I got you. You did it to me and I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to drop it. It's still there. We make subtle or not so subtle reminders of what they did. We may build up resentment. We may go all out and just gossip. You know, whatever it is. We're go- and what's happening is we're playing this over and over and over in our minds, whatever they said or did or didn't do. And where does it all start? It starts right here. With a failure to hear God say to us, all that you owe me is forgiven. Romans 3.23 says this, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a single person in, in here that can sit and say, You know what? I've earned God's favor. So what grace and what forgiveness I have from God, I've earned it. I, you know, I'm getting the benefits and the blessings of that. There's not a single person that can sit in here and say, In fact, 1 John would tell us this. If you say that, if you say that you're without sin in your life, you're a liar and you're making God out to be a liar. We, are, we all have fallen short of, of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We are born into, into a depraved state when we come in. Which means given the inclination we are going to sin. We are prone to sin. But God out of his grace and his mercy and his love. Sent the incredible sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ to the cross. And through the blood and resurrection of Jesus. We are able to receive forgiveness in all of our debt. We are now no longer enemies with God. But we are, we are one of God's children. And it starts with the failure, understanding that, all the, the, the understanding that God is saying to us, all that you owe me, I've wiped clean. So essentially, one of the prime reasons why we don't forgive is because we're living on the payment system that God has tried to set us free from. We're still into this payment system. When he says that your sins are forgiven, we're still thinking, okay, this can't be true. It can't be this good. It can't be that. And so many people say they believe God's forgive, you know, forgiven them and forgave them, but dig deep down in, they're still operating on this system that we somehow have to earn God's favor or forgiveness by being good or being religious or doing whatever they think God wants them to be. And why I say it's right here because this is the foundational stuff. Right here is the surface level stuff. This is how it demonstrates itself out. And when this is fault, and when this is faulty, and when this is cracked, when we don't understand, uh, when we don't understand our true relationship with Jesus Christ to the fullest, because Jesus says, "What you will know the truth, and the truth will what set you free." When this is off, it's going to come out here, and it's going to display itself on our relationships with mankind. In fact, I've been reading a book called um, a Victory Over the Darkness by Neil Anderson, and it's an incredible book helping, helping to understand our true identity in Jesus Christ. And the more I read that, the more I realize how the, the incredible deception that Satan has over us lies. He doesn't want us to understand the truth because we could be free, we could be absolutely free. So at a depth level, we feel to have to earn God's forgiveness, and then guess what we do to everybody else? They have to earn my forgiveness. So here's the issue, and we already kind of talked about this, but here's the, really, here's the issue: unforgiveness is symptomatic of our own lack of grace-based relationship with God. Wonder how many wonder why many struggle with grasping that God's really forgiven us of our sins. And here's the issue: if you do, he's making a very important part. He's making a very important uh, point here i believe in this parable and by the way parables are one of those things when jesus would lay out a parable you could pretty much ask yourself the question okay god's involved in this and i'm involved in it which one is which one am i and which one is god and you like put yourself into the different contexts but in this particular parable uh, you know he's pointing this. He's making this point. And he's saying this: If you truly understand that you've been forgiven, if you truly say that I am a child of God and I understand completely and implicitly my forgiveness that I have with God, and yet you turn around and not forgive somebody else, that is the most inauthentic, outrageous, dangerous, messed up thing for a person to be in. That is real, you're off. You are biblically, theologically off. Satan, the enemy, has you deceived. There's no way you can do that. Well, you can, but you're, you are completely off. And Jesus, I believe, as we've been talking about through these whole things, where, where we, you know, he's making these, uh, these incredible statements, they're like hyperboles. I mean, they are like really exaggerated. You know like, you know, like if your right eye, like we talked about last week, if your right eye is going to cause you to sin, gouge it out. That's... An over-the-top statement, isn't it? And so I think he's using those words to say, wake up. Think about this. Listen to what I'm saying. I think it shakes us up, it stirs us up to grasp how incredibly messed up it is not to forgive people when we claim that we are forgiving people. Does that make sense? So here's the issue. How do we learn really how to forgive? I mean, this is hard. And believe me, I'm not saying this is easy stuff. But I'm saying this is absolutely critical, uh, paramount uh, to to our spiritual journey with Him. So, how do we actually forgive people when when um, when uh, we've not forgiven her? You know, uh, here's the issue. We first need to clarify what forgiveness is and what it's not. Okay, just a couple quick points because we've all dealt with this. It's not denial or dismissing the wrong. Sometimes, you know, I've done this so many times. Where someone has done something to me and it really hurt me, and they come back and they say, you know, and they apologize, and I'll say this: that's eh, no big deal. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It hurt me. What was done was wrong. It hurt, and it's not a big. And so for me, I, we got to understand. I've got to understand that when it comes to forgiveness. It's not about dismissing it. It's not about going into denial and saying, you know what? It's no big deal, and that's, that's the way it is. It is a big deal. It's not minimizing the situation whatsoever. Forgiveness is not making light of something that really mattered. That's, that's, just, that's just being dishonest with yourself. The second thing is this. Forgiveness is not the same as healing, which means that sometimes people will say, I thought I'd forgiven this person, but I still have a lot of pain over what they did, so I must not have forgiven them. That's, that's not the same. You know, we're going to have to work through that stuff, okay? And a lot of that's called emotional healing. And for some of us, we've got a lot of emotional baggage because we're not recognizing it. We're not saying, you know what, I've got some hurt in here that I need to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with. And that means I've got to come, become vulnerable. That means I've got to open up to someone else. That means I've got to really confide in someone and really help me walk through this. Because, and I believe this. There's another author that says this, and I, and I believe wholeheartedly after reading his book, you cannot be spiritually mature if you're emotionally immature. Think about it. You walk around with all this hurt and all this other stuff, you need to deal with it. You need to allow Jesus Christ through the power of His Holy Spirit to help you deal with it. There's, not, there's none of this business of forgetting and forgetting. That's not in the Bible whatsoever. You've got to process this. You've got to work through it and, and, and get healing. So forgiveness is not the same as healing. And the, second th- or the third thing is this. It's not a one-time decision either. A lot of times we think, well, you know, I'm just going to make this one big, this big decision. I'm going to forgive this person. And everything's going to be okay. and It's going to go away. You know, in actuality, there's a lot of small, if not daily decisions. So let me identify what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness is having every right to punish someone who has wronged you, but you choose not to do it. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness is when someone has done something and you have every right to punish that individual uh, because they've wronged you, but you choose not to do it. And each time that you have the chance to hurt that person for what they did to you, whether it be an unkind word, a look, or what, you know, some of the other things we talked about, any time that you have the opportunity to do that and you say, you know what, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I am choosing to forgive this person. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to, I'm going to make the decision to forgive that. Each time you do that, you, begin, you build upon those decisions. You build upon those small daily steps. And so forgiveness is about refusing to hurt them back for hurting, for hurting you. Now, here's the other one. Now, since we're on this whole issue of um, shocking statements of Jesus, rewind a couple of weeks ago, because here's the litmus test to ask yourself whether or not you've forgiven the person. Jesus says this, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the litmus test. I'm, I'm supposed, again, another thing I wish Jesus would have never said, you're telling me, Jesus, that I'm supposed to love the people that hurt me. You're telling me that I'm supposed to love that person who intentionally with intentions had malintent to hurt me. You see, when we can continue to build upon that choice to say, I am not. I am not going to get down that road. I am not going to participate in that. I'm going to allow God to, to change me through the power of His Holy Spirit and allow His Spirit to bear the fruit that only the Spirit can bear within my life. Well, I'm going to choose to love that person. And, and furthermore, I'm going to choose to pray for that individual. You know what, guys? You know what happens? Your actions begin to change, your heart begins to change. And your attitude towards them begins to change. I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying it's easy at all. But I'm saying this is what the Word of God teaches us. This is what Jesus says. This is how I think Jesus says that His followers are going to conduct themselves. You can't pray for a person very long if you still hate them. Eventually, your feelings are going to follow your actions. And so when we pray for them, our heart begins to change. These are just a couple things of how to begin to forgive. And I didn't even go into what happens to us physically and things like... We're we're not designed to carry around that kind of stress, that kind of emotional baggage. Our bodies aren't designed to carry that around. And so there's all kinds of physical things. There's all kinds of other things that take place, literally, when we choose not to forgive and choose to have resentment towards other individuals. But... Let's go back to the matter here. Let's go back to the point, the issue. Jesus says there's direct correlation between this and this. Direct correlation. So I wonder how many of us, when we read that prayer again, or we see it, our Father in heaven, hallowed would be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm praying your will. God, I'm praying that what is happening, and I'm assuming heaven's up, okay? I, the, I, Whatever is taking place in heaven, your will, I pray that your kingdom that's there will be here on earth. Give me today, give us today our daily bread. God, you know... <laughs> Remember Jesus talking about, don't worry about the next day. Don't worry about the clothes you're going to wear. Don't worry about this stuff. God will take care of it. In this prayer, Jesus is teaching us, give us today, today, our daily bread. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Don't worry about next month. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgive, as we forgive our debtors. I wonder, you know, as we look at that and pray about that, I, I, I pray that we will become a people that can pray that and say, you know what? I can pray that with sincerity. I can pray that out of the depths and recesses, recesses of my heart because I'm learning how to forgive. I'm learning how to let go. I'm learning how to let go of those things that really crush me and that I want to, and that I'm ad, almost addicted and, and, you know, that intoxicating that, that, that I just want to keep replaying. I'm learning to let that go. And so I can, I can genuinely pray forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're going to close with a song. And I pray that you would just, uh, again, as always, just make it the prayer of your heart. I also pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to continue to just really get, in, uh, get into, the, <laughs> into the core of your spirit. You know, are you a forgiving person? Are there, th- are there some things in there that you've got to surrender your heart over to the power of His Holy Spirit to allow Him to, to, uh, to uh, enable you to forgive and to let go of those things? So I pray that you would just allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Some of you have already done that. Some of you have been down this road and said, you know what, enough to enough. I'm going to, commit my, I'm going to surrender my, the entirety of my heart over to Jesus Christ. And because of that, you're celebrating. You're sitting in here celebrating. Your worship service is vastly different because you're just coming in and you're, you're, you're acknowledging the one that is giving you the power to overcome this stuff. And we just celebrate with you this morning. But I pray that as we sing this last song in closing, that you would just open your hearts and your minds uh, to the power of God's Holy Spirit.